that's okay. You're allowed to have those anxieties. I have them too. But I like to think about it with like risk versus reward. So it's like, okay, the risk, they think my hair is ugly. So they don't want to be my friend or, you know, whatever the case may be. But the reward is I could have, um, you know, maybe my future significant other, my future best friend, my pro- you know, just like just so many possibilities. Welcome to Cap and Gown, College Transition Stories, a podcast where we share the experiences and lessons learned from students going into their early years of college. I'm Peter Kerr, joined by Kristen Smith, and in this episode, we're going virtual. At least, we'll talk about going virtual in college and how to keep those connections going with your fellow students. This and more coming up. Hey, Kristen, how are you? Good. Excited to talk to you virtually, Peter. How are you doing? I am also fantastic. And yes, for the listener at home, uh, Kristen and I are doing this over Zoom uh, because we are not in the same location. And I'm sure many of you at home have also uh, uh, taken part in your fair share of Zoom calls or Hangouts or whatever it is you're using. But um, that actually led me to think, uh, I was thinking before this episode, if there was a silver lining to the pandemic over the past you know, year, year and a half, it's that it occurred at a time when we could do this. And it wasn't this huge obstacle to be able to still see and talk to you over whether it was Zoom or if you're FaceTiming on your phone, right? Like we have the technology to do those things. 10, 20, 30 years ago, maybe that's a different story. And so I actually went back and, and looked at internet speeds over the past 30 years. And so, uh, you know, just, you know, most recently I have this data from 2018, the average internet speed was 96 megabits per second. Ooh. Uh, number may not mean a whole heck of a lot to people. So just for context, at that speed in, in 2018, the average internet speed to download an HD Netflix video, about three gigabytes of data, four minutes. Oh, that feels good. Yeah, that's not too bad. All right, four minutes and I've got a video downloaded on my computer on my phone. Yeah. Um, Popular game right now, Red Dead Redemption 2, 100 gigabytes, two and a half hours. So much larger, you know, file. Um, yeah, it's a whole world. Two and a half right? hours, though, doesn't, still doesn't feel that crazy. But if I just go back 10, 20 years, and now we're talking like the mid-2000s, uh, there was a range in there from like one to eight megabits, depending on where you looked and, and what year it was. So I took sort of an average of five megabits a second. So now we're going from 96 down to five, <laughs> just in, you know, 10, 20 years. So that same Netflix video now jumps up to nearly an hour to download, 53 minutes. Oof. So It's like a whole extra movie. It, right, yeah. So you, you better come to Netflix ready to watch, what, uh, knowing what you want to watch when you log in, rather than just kind of scroll, because it's going to be an hour before you get to watch it. Yeah. Um, same video game, Red Dead Redemption 2, two whole days, 48 hours to download. Oh, my gosh. Let's bump it back even further now. We go nearly 30 years back to 1993, and now we're talking um, 56K modems, right? Uh, and you can probably even, if you were around at that time, you could even hear the dial-up sound in your head whenever you try to connect to the internet that way. But that same connection, 1993, Netflix video, five days. Oh, my God. You might as well just get the, remember when you used to be able to get the disc? Right, yeah, just actually get the, the DVD yes, or, the, or the VHS or whatever it was. <laughs> VHS. Uh, VHS, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. If you want to watch a movie this weekend, great. Go start downloading on Monday, and oh then you'll gosh. have it ready for the weekend. 
Now, that same video game, game, Red Dead Redemption 2. If you got that game in January, get ready to play it in July because it's going to take you 177 days to download that game. That's basically half the year watching a little download bar on your screen. (laughs) Looks like I play an Oregon Trail and a floppy disk during yep. that time. <laughs> I was say, in the, while you're waiting, why don't you break out the Oregon Trail? Um, so that is just, again, that silver lining of 10, 20, 30 years ago just would not have been as easy to connect the way we have been able to. And so uh, with that in mind, I mean, it's great we have this technology now. I want to kick it over to the conversation we had with students about how they use that same technology to maintain those relationships and connections uh, with their student, fellow students on campus. And now we're here with our student uh, guests who we're excited to talk about uh, different ways to connect across campuses and so how to stay connected virtually and beyond. So before getting started with the conversation, uh, let's let's hear from our guests. Hey, y'all. My name is Ashley Shea. I'm so excited to get to talk to you. I am a recent graduate from the University of Louisville, where I studied biology, psychology, and Arabic. And I am now an incoming M1 at the University of Louisville School of Medicine. And I'm Gory. I'm a rising fourth year at the University of Georgia, and I'm studying biology and psychology and a certificate in nonprofit management and leadership. And I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, we are excited to have you both. So, so thanks for joining us. Uh, so, so I referenced, you know, learning, uh, well, connecting virtually. And so that is really been a hot topic this past year with the pandemic and, uh, and figuring out kind of being thrown into it. How did that impact both of you? And really, what was that like this past year? And Ashley, I'll throw it to you. Um, So for me, I was lucky enough to have in-person learning for most of my collegiate experience. However, COVID hit right around my senior year. So I didn't get to do a lot of, you know, the senior year festivities that you normally would. I didn't get a graduation. I didn't get, um, you know, like a graduation party or like any of like graduation photos, none of that, um, which was definitely a little weird. It wasn't what I expected whenever I you know, signed up to go to college in the first place. I expected some cute graduation pictures. That just wasn't a reality for me. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to adapt pretty well, in my opinion. My grades actually got a lot better after the pandemic and being able to study on my own time and choose when I was doing my courses, when I was doing my homework. That flexibility was really great for me. Not everyone had that same experience, though, and I'm very aware of that. And I know online learning is not for everyone. I ended up having a pretty good experience with it academically. Socially, it was a struggle. I am a huge extrovert. I was on the dance team. I loved getting to see people in person. That is just who I am. That That's what fills up my cup. So that was difficult. But after a few months and really getting, getting the hang of FaceTiming my friends whenever I wanted or hopping on Zoom meetings without shame, then I, I really started to, to socially like flourish. Even though we were in a pandemic and I didn't get to see my friends in person, I was able to fill up my cup in that way, just a little different than what I had in the past. Um, I think for me, uh, very similar to Ashley Shay, like I kind of, for online learning for me, I really helped my grades because I was able to kind of just work on my own time and I got to live at home and like have no distractions. And that's not 
for a lot of people, that's not the most ideal circumstance. And for me, kind of COVID hit right in the middle of my college experience because I had a normal freshman year. And then halfway through sophomore year, we were sent home. And then junior year was just this past year. So I was kind of back and forth on and off from home. And then now I'll be senior year. And so kind of in that, I, one of the good things that kind of came out of it was mainly just being able to kind of study on my own. But socially, it was definitely very difficult because I lived off campus. And so even if I did get to go back to Athens, I was mainly just in my apartment. So a lot of the socializing I did before COVID was on campus when I would stay the whole day and be able to meet with my friends in class or after. And so there was just a lot of difficulty in being able to connect with people because I mean, look out off campus. And similar to what Ashley Shea said, um, Zoom and FaceTime definitely became like my number one best friend. That's how I was able to connect with most people. And especially with like extracurriculars, it was a lot easier to kind of have club meetings and being able to see all like the members and stuff through these like virtual platforms. Yeah, so the extracurriculars especially is kind of interesting to me, especially for those. Now, truthfully, I imagine most people will likely be on campus this upcoming year. Uh, but even for those who aren't or for those who choose not to be still, there's the extracurriculars to me is the thing that may be the most challenging for those entering college for the first time. Like, but what advice would you have to, to still connect in extracurriculars like organizations and stuff like that? Well, something that I learned over this past, you know, year, year and a half was that clubs will still try to recruit people, even though we might not be in person, we might be in person, they will adapt and they will change and they are ready to welcome you with open arms. So I was at the University of Louisville and whenever we were completely online or whenever we were on hybrid, we still had extracurricular fairs so people could still get acquainted with clubs that they might be interested in regardless of whether you're an incoming freshman or a senior and you're about to leave it was open to everyone but it was online instead of on campus so the people who chose to move back home during the pandemic were still able to be involved and in my experience with dance all of our meetings ended up being online yes that meant i had to move all of my furniture out of my living room to hop up on Zoom and dance and try to, you know, be in sync with everyone. And it was definitely challenging, but we did end up doing tryouts via Zoom and all of our like open houses and stuff. And we were able to recruit members that way. So I would definitely suggest, you know, being involved in your university and checking to see what their options are. Some schools will have virtual events to get you acquainted with clubs. Some will be in person. But if you're following like your university's social media pages, you should be able to figure out when and where that's happening and how you can get involved. Or um, I know a lot of schools have a web page that is all of their registered student organizations and you can find contact emails, names, Instagram, stuff like that. There is no shame in DMing a club that you are interested in. Absolutely no shame. They want new members. They want you because you are so deserving of being there. So don't be afraid to reach out if, you know, going in person isn't going to work for you or their online virtual meeting time doesn't work for you. Just DM them, put yourself out there and it'll end up being great. Yeah, to kind of go off of that, how University of Georgia kind of did was they had like an involvement fair at the beginning of the year, but it was completely virtual. And like the turnout wasn't the best because everyone was just like, they couldn't really see what an organization was about through just like a simple video call. And so one of the organizations I was a part of, um, it's like the UG, it's like Doctors Without Borders, like student chapters. So they started 
in the like kind of like in the middle of COVID, so like right in August of last year, and they were able to grow to over 300 members because of just mainly social media, and that was a huge way that they grew. And they were really able to, we were actually really able to kind of form a bond between all these members, all of the exec two, even through Zoom, because one, we would have like all these guest speakers come in that kind of fueled everyone's passion. But we also did social events where like for, we kind of had a Christmas theme event where everyone would come on Zoom with like uh, their like Christmas sweater. And then we would go into different breakout rooms to play different games and kind of socialize. So, like, obviously that's not the most ideal circumstance you would want to be doing those things in person. Person. But these sort of events kind of facilitated those social relations that people are looking forward to. Oh, I love that so much. I also, and, and I wonder too, if there's maybe even opportunities virtually too, that wouldn't appear otherwise. Like you mentioned mm-hmm. guest speakers, like when, do you feel like there was maybe even um, opportunities to see people and, and connect with people that maybe you wouldn't have been able to in a, in a in-person environment? Um. Yes, definitely. In some ways, I think like for out-of-state people, like you have out-of-state friends. I think one of the things that like um, I kind of adapted differently through virtual was kind of what my friends and I did was just study for the MCAT. We would have these like virtual study sessions. And so we'd all just like get on a video call, study for 50 minutes, like everyone was on mute. And then like a 10 minute break. And I think those helped a lot more than studying in person because you're not as distracted. You're able to study in your own space. So I think that was one of like the good things that kind of came out of it. So in terms of socialization, so you touched on a few things, but but what what are some of the things that you did differently specifically to connect with your with your friends and family? I think for me, just these like social game nights I told you, like previously mentioned, like Christmas events or like study pods. I think one of the biggest things that a lot of clubs utilized was these virtual study pods where everyone would kind of just get on like a Zoom call from like six to seven and like they would study, but then also have these breaks where they would socialize. So everyone was kind of being able to like mingle like class wise but also still like help each other out and it kind of worked out well but obviously nothing is as great as being able to meet these people in person yeah no mine was very similar ellie i'm trying to remember the the name of the the browser extension that i used but one thing that my friends and i love to do you know pre-covid was pile up and watch netflix more often than not, it was a lot of like iCarly and Victorious reruns, just like pick them because they were like our childhood favorite shows. And we weren't able to do that, obviously, whenever COVID hit. So there is a, um, a browser extension where you all can watch at the same like real time. Mm-hmm. not remember the name of it right now. I'm completely blanking, but we a found watch that. Party? Or Netflix Party, I think. Yeah. Netflix Party, Watch Party, something like that. So we ended up using that so, so much because we could, you know, sit and watch and just enjoy something that we would do normally, um, a little abnormally in COVID times. And then um, another thing that a lot of my friends and I like to do was we're all big cooks and bakers and that kind of stuff. We love to be in the kitchen. We love to make the food. We love to eat the food. So we would hop on FaceTime and we would cook the same meal and we would sit down and we would have a meal together, even though we couldn't really have a meal together. Sometimes we would both go through the same drive through and then just eat the meal together. And it, it wasn't the same, but it, it worked it. It did its purpose until, you know, mask restrictions started coming about and you could go out and be socially distanced and wear your mask and all of those things. So it was a good way to pass the time, still be connected until we were able to be more connected, you know, face to face. Yeah. 
I had never heard of Watch Party, and now I'm really upset with myself that I never took advantage of that. Yeah, me, me and a friend, we used Watch Party, although, to be honest, we used Watch Party a couple times, and it just got easier to go on Zoom and then say, okay, I'm clicking play now. When are you clicking play? Okay, let's both click play. Yeah. And we just kind of did it that way. But the same basic idea, right? Being able to watch show, movie, whatever with, with your yeah. friends. And it's great that we had the technology now to be able to do that mm-hmm. for sure. I love that. Uh, okay, so two kind of random questions here. For classes, did you, when you were doing virtual class, class experiences, uh, were you on camera or would you be off camera? So at my school, most of the classes that I were in, that I was enrolled in did um, lectures not in real time. So they were pre-recorded oh. and they were posted mm-hmm. on um, a forum very similar to YouTube. So you could watch them at your own pace and stuff, but it wasn't real time with the professor. But there was a couple study sessions that the professors would hold like once a week. And it was sort of like office hours that most people would come to it. And in my experience, most people were most people were on camera and was like, "Okay, we're in you know a huge bio class. I want you to know my face. I want you to know my name." And that's just kind of how the the cookie crumbled for me. Yeah, uh, mine was the exact opposite. Everyone was off camera. Like our physics class had about like two hundred people on the Zoom. Everyone was off camera. Like I don't remember if there was ever a single person, and that was like a majority for like my big classes. Most of the time it would just be the professor talking the whole time and everyone was just off camera. I think if one, it does not matter how big the class is. If one person turns their camera off, then everyone's like, Oh, okay. I guess I can too. Yeah, exactly. That never happened for me. And I'm honestly a little jealous because I was always snacking and I did not want people to see me, but you know, girls got to eat. My girl got to (laughs) eat. Yeah, I would be like eating lunch during these classes because I would just turn my camera off and I would like take notes and like be doing a bunch of things. And then some teachers kind of had like hybrids, so they would have people in class that they would be talking to and kind of just live stream. So it kind of helped out there. But if it was on Zoom, everyone was off camera. I really feel for those teachers, though. Like I totally get it, but. Oof, like 200 people that you're probably not actually, like, how many are even there? <laughs> exactly. Especially like, those like, 9 a.m. classes, when most of the time oh. I think people have just logged on just to sleep, and it's just there for attendance. Okay, so so assuming, let's pretend you were on camera then, Gory, mm-hmm. and actually that was, that yeah. was actually were uh did you dress like as though you would be going to class or was it more like pj pants you know like bit like business casual front like super casual on the bottom like what what was that like to be fair i would wear pj pants in person to class yeah i value comfort so i would usually and you know whatever i slept in the night before whether i was in person or not So usually um, one of my dad's t-shirts and some PJ shorts, that was my go-to, but it would have been my go-to on campus as well. So, okay. That's fair. Yeah. Same for me. I think the only time I ever dressed up was the first day of class. And then after that, it was just always t-shirts and shorts, regardless of in-person or online. It was just always the same. Uh, So Peter, I got to ask you too, because we've worked virtually for years now. So what, uh, what is your preference? Now I'll know the answer too for any future. No, it's, you know, it's funny because it's the same sort of conversation we all had. So for, for context, right. We've been working from home for 10, 12 years 
And early on in those years, it was people having that same conversation around, well, what about pants? Do I really need them? And, and now when everyone goes remote, you know, a year ago, it's the same conversation. So for me, it was, you want to be comfortable, but also I have to feel productive. Uh, you know, if it's something where I'm going to be, especially if I'm going to be on camera, there's a big difference there. If I'm not on camera, whatever, like the whole day, but I will check to see what my meetings are. Yeah. Every day, when am I going to be on camera? Who am I going to be on camera with? All right, pick the pick the things in there. But yeah, you know, shorts or jeans or in a t-shirt or polo or one of like the same three shirts. <laughs> yeah, over and over. Right. Yeah, it's... I feel that. Yeah, as you can tell today uh, in this episode, I happen to be wearing a superhero shirt because my calls were a little bit more laid back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I feel that. Uh, so. So really thinking about what your experiences were like this past year, like what kind of advice do you give for not just like that extracurricular we referenced, but just generally speaking, like, and, and, and frankly, not just virtual, but just connecting with students. Mm -hmm. Like what kind I guess let's start with the virtual connection. Like what advice do you have? And then move forward from there. Um, I think virtually just kind of, any opportunity, just kind of like look into it because you never know, like clubs, classes, if you could find something that you're passionate about or you could find like these group of people, just both like in person and virtually. I know virtually it's gonna be a lot harder, but I think probably social media and just like finding those like Facebook groups or like um, extracurricular like club pages. I think the main thing is to not limit yourself and like stick with the people you knew coming in because campuses are, huge and like there's so many people from all over the place that like you can meet so I think that's like the biggest advice I would give no I actually absolutely agree with that with you know not limiting yourself and I don't want to say not being afraid because I know that's counterproductive a lot of us are afraid of rejection we're afraid of saying hi to someone and them not saying hi back and that's okay you're allowed to have those anxieties I have them too mm -hmm. but I like to think about it with like risk versus reward so it's like, okay, the risk, they think my hair is ugly, so they don't want to be my friend or, you know, whatever the case may be. But the reward is I could have, um, you know, maybe my future significant other, my future best friend, my, you know, just like you have so many possibilities for these people because a lot of times the people that you meet in college are the people that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. So you want to give yourself maximum opportunities to have the perfect people around you. You are the culmination of like the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. I have. You want to pick some good ones. Um, Love that. So for me, I have never been too afraid to say hi to someone, whether that means, um, okay, like we have been in the line together at Starbucks for the past week in a row because we both go at the same time. Uh, you know, like just reach out, say hello, maybe offer to buy their coffee or be like, hey, like we're always here alone at the same time. Do you want to sit together? You can make your best friend that way. That's literally what I did. Or the people who sit beside you in classes, you can definitely connect with that way, just saying hello. Um, as for virtual, it is a little hard, and sometimes it can feel, I don't want to say it can feel a little creepy, but you can always find their social media pages, especially if you're on, like, a group Facebook page, which is what mine were. You can find them on Instagram so quick, and you get to know a little bit about people from their social medias, right? You know what's important to them. Is it important that they're posting their dog, their, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, their family? You can know their interests just by looking at their social media feed. And again, there is no shame in DMing them being like, listen, 
you post about your little pit bull all the time. I have a pit bull that I post about. I think we should be besties. There, there's no shame in that. And, you know, sliding into someone's DMs in a very platonic way, I say go for it. That is what I do. And that's how I've made all of my friends in college. Definitely, maybe not the most practical, practical way, but that's what's worked for me and just kind of letting go of those inhibitions of like, oh, they're not going to like you. I mean, like, okay, they might not like me, but what if they do? You never know what you're going to get out of relationships. So it's definitely worth pursuing and trying your best. Yeah, yeah. It's really practical, to be honest, though, too, right? Like, that's, like, I, I forget that social media, you're getting access to see somebody's interests before you even talk to them. Like, you're probably going to have a better sense of who they are as a person without even talking to them. So that's actually super practical. Corey, sorry. But then you run into the problem of, you know, like judging a book by its cover. Because mm. just because, you know, someone's yeah. posting all the time that they're, um, you know, always playing with their dog, you know, they, they might be like, oh, yeah, that's just my friend's dog. I'm just posting him because he's cute. People swap over my story. I've never had that happen. But just in the <laughs> you never really know. But yeah. it give you a pretty good picture beforehand. Oh, yeah, no, to add on when Ashley, she was talking about, like, the coffee shop thing, I met some of my closest friends, like, right before a chem test, there were, like, two girls behind me talking, like, just about the chem test and, like, freaking out, I was like, oh, my God, yeah, me too, three years later, we're now, like, all super close, just because, like, I just kind of was like, oh, hey, yeah, me too, so, like, you never know, like, the person behind you could be, like, your best friend. Oh, absolutely, I actually ended up, two of my best friends, they were the same major as me in college, we knew of each other we had sat in the same tables multiple times but we never really talked because mm -hmm. covid we're all getting full-time jobs because we're like okay we can kind of do class whenever we want we end up working together like an hour and a half away from where any of us went to school and now we're like best friends and we've been talking we're like why didn't we just say hello like we literally yeah. got each other why did we not get each other's numbers and now we're all inseparable and it's just it's so crazy to think that i was definitely the person to say hello to everyone but this like group of friends I was like, no, like that they might be a little too cool to this, to that, or, you know, to whatever for me. And now they're my besties. So, you know, I, I missed the opportunity in college. I ended up getting it later on, but I definitely wish I'd just said hello a lot earlier. Kristen, I don't know if this is true for you. I, I know I've had a similar experience with the friends you end up being very close to, like your junior, senior year later in college. You look back and you realize we all had class together freshman year, but nobody said anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what what was going on those like that first year or two because i know i've definitely i have friends like that where i'm like that first semester two three semesters we could have been hanging out then and you know it's funny how that works out later on uh, if you just taken that initiative to say hi or go hang out yeah that's i actually feel like it was kind of the opposite for me but i think it was more most of my friends were from uh working at a radio station so so we didn't really have those same classes so it was more like oh Oh, you're cool. How come I haven't seen I haven't seen you before? So, but I can see that. I can definitely see. It's almost like you feel like, oh, they're just we don't have the same interests. We just have the same subject. Uh, well, Ashley, Shay, and Gory, these were these were fantastic yes. pieces of advice. I I feel like I learned a lot. And I, as Peter had said before, I mean, we've been doing this for like a decade, and yet I still feel like I learned a lot about this from both of you. So, thank you. Are you are you both available to stay for for a fun little round of quizzes? Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. yeah. All right. Well, then we will be right back with more. Awesome. Looking for some practical advice when it comes to expanding your social circle? Check out captest.com slash college connecting for some pointers. 
That's captest.com slash college connecting. All right, so we are back for a game of virtual connection trivia which is a pretty broad category because these are pretty broad questions. So um, I'll just, we'll each get three questions. Ashley Shea, I will start with you. So while this class originally may have been offered in person, the title of this course offered at the University of Pennsylvania is called Wasting Time Where? Online. Based, yep. It, it, there's a, literally a class called Wasting Time on the Internet. At the University of Pennsylvania, uh, the course description says on Wednesdays from 2 to 5 p.m., students will be required to stare at the screen for three hours, only interacting through chat rooms, bots, social media, and listservs. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so I think it's actually part of their English curriculum, too. Um, and I, it's something about gathering language and communication, but all just through the Internet. Uh, something to that effect. But yes, literally a class called uh, Wasting Time on the Internet, which... I did, I did that in college, but I didn't get credit for it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Awesome. So, Guri, I'll come to you. Online courses, so that one was uh, in person, but online courses, of course, are available across the Internet. One particular course at Udemy will help you learn how to communicate telepathically with what? Like cell phone? <laughs> or like through your mind? Yeah, you communicate telepathically. Oh, through your mind. Oh, my God. No, through your mind, but with what other thing? Your, like, your screen? No, not It's an online course. It's actually um, communicate telepathically with an animal, your pet or any animal out there. For only $11.99, you can learn how to, quote, use your natural intuition and psychic abilities to communicate with any species. So oh, a real online course you can take. Each other. I got so confused. <laughs> well, it's pretty understandable. I don't, I don't know if animal would be like the natural first guess. The first thing you think of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, I was over here like, oh my God, I wish I could tell my dog exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, for eleven ninety nine, it's it's almost not worth taking <laughs> the gamble. It's almost worth taking the gamble on. Just like, what, yeah. what are you going to teach me how to do? Because that would be a lot of fun. Um, all right, so Ashley, say, uh, Ashley Shea, back to you. So beyond online courses, there are also just simpler online certifications that you can acquire. Among the more unique options is getting your professor certification for this popular video game that involves collecting and using creature creatures to battle your opponents. Well, considering I'm not much of a video game person, I do not know if I have the um, intellectual arsenal to answer this question. Um, I will give you a hint that you got to catch them all. Oh, Pokemon. Pokemon, yes. You can get your certification <laughs> oh. online as a Pokemon professor. Uh, Poke Pokemon professors act as judges and organizers of Pokemon League events and tournaments, I guess, around the world. Uh, I am tempted to do that just to say I am a professor. You're a Pokemon professor. Yeah, there's an exam you take and everything, and they issue you your certification. Yeah. Uh, all real. So uh, <laughs> so those are three questions related to online learning. Next three questions, a uh, bit more broad just to online things that have happened. Uh, I would say milestones, but also just uh, funny viral memes, too. Uh, so, Guri, in early February, 
A video of a court proceeding over Zoom went viral when one of the lawyers accidentally used a filter that made him appear to be what? Oh my god, I remember this. I want to say a cat. Yes, it was a cat. Yes. So it went viral. Maybe you all have seen it. It's a lawyer who can't figure out how to turn off the filter, and the judge is not happy about it. Yeah. But it just kind of keeps going, and then uh, the, the video clip, clip cuts off, so I don't actually know how they resolved it. But uh, that I'm was... I'm so upset that I've never seen this. Really? Oh, oh you got it. Go, if you just go on yeah. YouTube, go to YouTube, and I think you, all you have to do is search, like, lawyer, cat, Zoom, and uh, I'm sure yeah. there'll be multiple multiple options there, but it's pretty funny. Oh, it's truly, I feel like it's one of those skits that as soon as the pandemic started, like you saw them constantly on like Saturday Night Live and stuff. And I'm like, right. nobody would ever do that. <laughs> and then lo and behold, it like truly happened <laughs> well into like this experience too. Yeah. And it's something too where it's it's gone on for a little bit and the lawyer's like, I, I appear to be a cat. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yes, we are. Yes. I think uh, at one point he was like, I'm actually human, though. Yes. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> I need to clarify. I am not actually a cat. Actually a cat. Yeah. If only someone took that <laughs> the telepathy course, they could have communicated better with him, right? Then, <laughs> right? Bring it all back. I like it. I like it. Um, all right. Two more, two more questions. Ashley Shea, back to you. So while much more common in 2020, and even to some extent 2021, Back in 1993, the band Severe Tire Damage was the first band band to perform how? Virtually. Yep, live stream like over the really... internet. Oh, perfect. We love that. <laughs> yep. Virtually, yeah, so the band Severe Tire Damage in 1993, they were a rock and roll garage band, I guess, from Palo Alto, California. Uh, some of the members in the band worked for Apple, and they are considered uh, the first band why. to play live stream. <laughs> Um, so I know there's a lot of concerts over the past year, uh, so obviously more people doing it now, but they were, I guess they were the first about 30 years ago. I feel like I need to be friends with them because like severe tire damage, that's, I'm, I'm not a great driver. So that's like my life. I can I've popped my tires. So you uh, keep my interest, at least with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where the name comes from. I looked them up a little bit and you can still listen to their recordings on whatever website they're on. Um, but, uh. Yeah, fun random band. You know, not like a popular band that everybody knows. You'd, yeah. you'd think it'd be someone like, oh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a band popular in '93 that they would have gotten it. But no, it was some people who worked for Apple figured out how to do it. I feel like Destiny's Child would probably. I mean, Destiny's like Child. I was going to say like, Insane Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. Boys. Yeah, yeah. That they were. And they, they might have been later '90s. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I feel okay. So anyway, <laughs> last question, Guri. One of the many live stream performances in 2020 was in Barcelona, Spain, at, I'm going to butcher this, the Grand Teatre de Lisieux, where they live streamed a performance after they filled the entire theater, over 2,000 seats, with what? Uh, <laughs> fake audience? Like cardboard cutouts? No, a lot of stadiums actually did that. Not, not yeah. a bad guess. They actually filled all 2,000 seats with plants. They put a potted plant in every single chair. for some reason. Tomatoes? Tomatoes. <laughs> like the Tomatina Festival. I was like, oh, was that around uh, that time? <laughs> no, but it was like a quartet on stage, and they broadcast the whole thing, but they filled literally the entire stadium, or not stadium, excuse me, uh, theater with plants in every seat, like a potted okay. plant, like house plants. 
Very nice. So uh, that went viral when it happened. I forget. I guess it was, I want to say it was early to mid 2020. Um, but uh, yeah, so these were all fun, random <laughs> things related to virtual connections, whether it's, you know, uh, how we connect virtually or the, the online learning you can, you can do. So um, obviously score doesn't count here, but hopefully this was fun for uh, both, <laughs> both of you as well as the listener at home. So with that, that's the episode. So uh, again, a big thank you to Ashley Shea and to Guri for, for joining us. I uh, had a lot of fun, learned a bunch of stuff. And uh, if listener at home, this was interesting to you, check out the other episodes. Thank Thanks you. so much. Thank you. And that's the episode. Thanks again so much for listening. If you enjoyed this content, check out our other episodes and be sure to like, rate, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. For Kristen, I'm Peter. We'll see you next time.